Amen. Well, this morning as lights come back up so you can see, this is a topic uh, that I preached on about 13 years ago, and I figured it was just time to do it. I'm doing a series this summer, if you're a guest, called Hot Topics. And we're going through hot topics that we just want to address biblically. And uh, so hear my heart here today. My heart never wants us to be mean-spirited or bigot or prejudiced or anything less than Christ-like. But our world, our culture, uh, is really trying to drive another message. Would you all agree, church? And I just thought that the church just needs to hear and reiterate what does Scripture say, what does the Bible say about the subject of homosexuality, gay marriage. People are always asking me, and I will gladly share Scripture or my opinion with them. And, uh, but we're Christ followers, okay? And as we follow Christ, we need to know what Jesus says and, and then how we respond appropriately. So I've, uh, this hot topic I've chosen to put on there is, because, and I heard this thing from Perry Noble. I, I, I really liked it. He says, we take our Bible and we have a couple of picks. We can use this Bible as a window that we kind of just look through it and we go, okay, well, uh, there's a sin or there's that sin of other people. Or, listen, write down Wenda on your notes. This is free. Or we can use this book, God's Word, as a mirror. And we look in it and we see where we fall short. How many of you have read the scriptures this week and seen that you needed a mirror and you needed to do something to readjust? I do. I do, I do it daily. I realize that I need recalibration. I need to refocus on what God says because we are all born sinners, and we have an innate sin nature. When we are born again, we get the nature, and we become a new creation in Christ, and we get God's perspective. But we have to be reminded, and we have to be instructed and taught over and over that we can follow the ways of Jesus. So anyway, I'm going to make a lot of comments today, and uh, we'll, we'll see where we go. Virtually everyone in this room and everybody that will watch this on podcast knows about this subject. They've been affected by this subject. Uh, they've, got, uh, they've got friends that are maybe, or relatives that are in, in the homosexual community, or maybe a co-worker, or maybe there's somebody here today, or has been, they've, they've struggled with uh, same-sex attraction, on and on and on, you, we could just go through the whole list. But, so my goal today is not to try to beat up anybody, because that's not the, Jesus said, they'll know you're my disciples by the way you love one another. So critical, how we love. So I want us to get that perspective, but I also want us to get the truth and grace. I, I want us to be full of grace, but I want us to be full of truth. And it's a two-edged sword. Some people just, they're all so grace. They're oh, just everybody, man, just, just accept everything. And, and it's called a Unitarian, okay? It's just, it, man, they just believe in themselves, and it's just sick. And then there's this side, they just love truth. And, and I love truth, and I want you to love truth and let truth frame your work, your life. But then you're so truth, you just get mean. Do, do I have a witness? Okay, well, you don't, you don't say, I don't want to say amen to that because I'm mean. So we want truth and grace. That's what Jesus came to do. So this morning, right across the top, just look there in your worship guide with me. There's just a, a little simple statement. The church's historical stance on homosexual practice is unmistakably clear. Heterosexuality is the only acceptable behavior, and homosexuality is totally rejected. Christians need to recognize that homosexuality is a sin. We are called to help people who struggle with this sin and win them to a biblical faith in Jesus Christ. From this platform, your pastor, this pastor, just wants to go ahead. I've never been one to want to sugarcoat the gospel. I just told Tim, I said, Tim, when I preach on subjects like this, 
it's easy to be misunderstood. It's easy for you to get some ammunition and leave here, but I pray that you'll re-listen to it if you need to, that you'll hear the heart of Jesus because Jesus, when I think about lepers and how everybody cast them out, how he loved them, and how if we're not quick to get on our high horse, we'll cast somebody off that participates in a sin that we don't, and we think we're better than, and that's just not the position of Jesus. So I want us to uh, see what Christ says. James McDonald, he has a radio program. Maybe you've ever heard him walk in the Word, really good Bible teacher. He says, God's Word is a supernatural book. And this book has life. And this book has taken CEOs and presidents and janitors and salesmen and moms and dads and all walks of people, and it has literally transformed their life. That's the power of Scripture. And see, so this morning, that this word, God's active word, if it will be taken, studied, received, and obeyed, it has the power to transform your life. Does anybody believe that today? Do you believe that, church? Sure you do. I mean, why, why else would you come? Like, well, man, I love the music. Well, man, the music's great. Well, I love this. You're going to love after service today, too, but that don't happen every weekend, okay? But God's Word, God, shape us, shape our thoughts, shape our desires today. Your Word's powerful. So the Bible speaks about all kind of topics. So this topic today, you're saying, well, Pastor, you could just avoid it. Well, I could, but I, I try to speak on all the topics that come to mind, or come to heart, or as, as the Lord shows me. So here it is. So it just, it real, I realized from Scripture, you could write down, it's probably in your notes, if not, it is on the first line, Leviticus 18.22. Uh, Leviticus 20:13, and it talks about the sin of homosexuality that we'll talk about some today. And it says, "What man calls freedom, preference, and alternative, God calls foolishness and abomination. He calls it perverse behavior." God never stutters in His Word. He's very clear, and, and He realizes that this is a bondage, just like adultery or fornication or some other slander or whatever. And and it takes us in the grip and it holds us. And God says, "I want you to be free from that." So that's the reason we address topics like this, because culture is driving us a message that's very strong that is so counter-cultural to the Bible. See, there's a term today, and I don't believe it. It's called cultural Christianity. <laughs> and that's basically, you know, just kind of believe what you want to believe, and you might run amok or, or different from the scriptures, but you're, you're a Christian, you're cultural. Jesus calls you and I to be biblical Christians. So we need to know what God's Word says and what He addresses. And, and if you go back to Genesis 18, if you want to turn over there, and then the next chapter, Genesis 19, you begin to see uh, Abraham there and two of them and the angels in human form, and one of them is the Lord Jesus Christ Himself in the appearance of a man. And then you go into chapter 20, and then He begins to talk about homosexuality and Sodom and Gomorrah, and you can just read that whole thing in text. But it says, so Lot went outside to meet them and said, no, do not do this wicked thing. But the men said, get out of your way. But the two men, the angels reached out and pulled Lot back into his house, shut the door. They were struck, the men at the door, young and old, with blindness. And after Lot and his family got out of Sodom, verse 24, the Lord rained down fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah, and thus he overthrew the cities. And, and here's what I know from Scripture. Jesus has a word about this. He, he has a word of judgment. And he goes, this is wrong. I, I don't tolerate this. And, 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 and the Lord is holy, and, he, and he's majestic. And God says, I have a better way. 
So this warning, you know, in this sin, I mean, you just have to address it just like uh, lust or fornication or whatever. It's like, this is an unclean passion. And God says, I want it to be right. See, God says, I want you to seek me. I I want you to know me. And and so this heterosexuality is, is what God's into. But then the culture tries to make this a civil rights issue. And, and so there's lawyers and people that propagate that it's all about civil rights. And then other people go, oh, it, it must be a fairness issue. And, and I've quoted this so many times, but I love what Andy Stanley said. Andy said, fairness ended in the garden. Write that down in your notes. That's good. Fairness ended in the garden. This is not a civil rights issue. This is not a fairness issue. This is not an equality issue. You know what this is? This is a biblical issue. But culture divorces itself. And, and let me just go ahead and say this, because this is burning in my heart. I am a Christ follower. And I believe you are. And maybe all of you are. Maybe you'll be convinced today. This is the authority for my life. I submit to the authority of Scripture. This is where I get my directions from. As Christ followers, we follow Scripture. Now, I know today's world, a lot of people don't believe in the authority of Scripture. So they go with cultural authority. They go with all kind of different, you know, university authority, whatever. And, and that's probably why we make some of the decisions we do. And, but if we're not careful here, and, and, and so I just want to say it. I'll set it in context. It's a biblical issue for me. I hope it is for you as a follower of Jesus. And you want to go, God, what do you say about this? And there's never a reason to be prejudiced or uh, mean or or rude, but you get governed by the authority. Here's the deal. You might say, well, pastor, I hear that, but my feelings, I feel like this. Let me tell you what I learned a long time ago about my feelings. My feelings are fickle, and my feelings get stuck, and God's word in my life trumps all feelings. It's like, um, okay, men, and, and I don't want you to answer this, but uh, just think about it. Like a, an attractive woman comes into the room or whatever, and, and you might notice her, you might not, and yet being under the, the bridle and the control of the Holy Spirit, you want to follow the desires of Christ. You want God's Word to trump your feelings. You might feel something else, but you want to honor God's Word. Just on this very area of same-sex marriage and homosexuality, people go, well, I, I feel this way. Well, if you operate from the context of Scripture, you go, but God's authority for my life. And just like what God says, I don't want you to slander. I don't want you to gossip. I don't want you to lie. I don't want you to cheat. I don't want you to steal. I don't want you to be drunk. I, don't want you. I mean, Jesus just says, I want to do these things. Here's the thing. I feel like in the church, we can build bridges this morning or we can put up walls. And my heart has always been that we would eradicate the walls and, and lower the walls. And this would be Christ's church. And we would build bridges to people in all types of walks of life and all walks of sin. And we would invite them in to trust the Savior and begin to let Jesus shape them. Is that a good word, church? Boy, y'all are about as quiet as I've ever heard you before in my life. You ought to be on the inside of me. I'm about to throw up. I mean, this is just, this, this is just, this is just hard, but... It, you know, it's, I, I wish they'd come on TV and go, hey, we, w- we want to give a biblical perspective. Yeah, I can see ABC and NBC doing that. It's probably not going to happen. All right, Leviticus 20, 13. The Bible says if a man lies with another man as one lies with a woman, both of them have done what is detestable. I, I, I don't think that's good. 
18.22, you shall not lie with a man as one lies with a woman. It's an abomination in the eyes who joined of the Lord's. As we've already seen in Leviticus 18.20, God said the sin of Sodom, which we know now was homosexual behavior, the Bible says, was grievous in his sight unto the Lord. So this isn't me trying to bash anybody because I have no right to judge or bash anybody. But I do have a spiritual position of authority to teach you God's holy word. The best that I understand that we can be instructed in the ways. And then you have the resident teacher, the Holy Spirit. I'm going to end this hot topic series on the Holy Spirit because there's so much controversy there. And maybe that we'll get some clarity there. So, Lord, help us. Romans. You can flip over to Romans and just read that whole section. And Paul addresses. So from Old and New Testament, he begins to address this issue. And he goes in 26, degrading, unnatural, indecent, depraved, not proper, ungodly, unclean. Uh, It's just, man, this is not right. And, And so I just say that without apology. And I say, Lord, you have a... Um, a consistent position on sin. <laughs> Jesus had to die for my sin and yours. And I just happen to be holding up a particular sin today, but we've held up other sins over this series, and next weekend we're going to hold up racism, and, and somebody might go, ah, because that's a sin. That's, that's wrong. Jesus loves us, and I want us to just get God's word, and I want us to not deteriorate because my concern is America's deteriorating at a fast pace. So much decadence in the land. We've just invited so much sin into the camp. And the Lord says, repent. So society comes to get us to dethrone God and to elevate man into position and man to make the rules. And they did that which was right in their own eyes, says judges. It's wrong. I didn't want to do what God says. I want to lead you in the ways of God. So, Lord, help us to see what you say. Because in Romans 126, it says, and then God gave them over to their sin that'd be a horrible day if the lord just says okay you have sinned so much i'm through with you i'm just giving you over to the devil i'm just giving you over to the desires of your flesh and it's going to look nothing like christ that'd be a horrible place to be but as long as you have a heart beating you have an opportunity to to turn to christ to to follow his ways and to run after christ so um, what I see today is great spiritual hardness in our country, and I hate to say in the church of Jesus Christ. Denominations have been debating this for the last several decades, and denominations are splitting over this very issue that I'm addressing today. I have friends that I pray for on a regular basis that serve those churches, and they love the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're having to make these tough decisions and all kind of things are misunderstood and understood and overstated and understated. So I'm saying, you know, we're a community, independent church. Everybody goes, well, who's your denomination? I go, well, we're an inter- interdenominational church. We don't belong to denomination. I held denomination credentials for a long time. I love denominations. I'm not out here to do that. I'm just saying, I'm just going to speak from God's word. Hey, is this a good book to speak from, church? So that's what we're coming from. God, what do you say? Because that's the only thing I can do is try to give you God's word, his authority for your life, and not be desensitized to sin. Uh, Our Supreme Court even helped legitimize all this and some decisions they've made recently. And uh, you you just see how this thing's gotten out of control. And I go, man, I just wish we'd run back to the scriptures. You're you're here today, and I'm taking that you're a follower of Jesus, or you want to be, or you're, you're considering the claims of the gospel 
that God loves you. And I want to tell you, I love you. And, and, and I'm going to say that over and over. I don't, I don't want to, because if somebody's going to watch this online, they're probably going to send me a nasty message. And, and I'm going to grieve over that because I love people. I mean, Jesus redeemed me from some horrible stuff and still there's sin that I have to repent of. And so I don't, I, I think you hear my heart today. I'm just trying to get this out here. And the Lord, help us to have your nature and, and to follow after the ways of Christ. Because all sin is equally offensive to the Lord. Write that on your notes today. All sin is offensive to the Lord. See, a lot of times, I'm just telling you, I've been there many times, I'll categorize, well, I don't do that sin, I don't do that sin, but boy, I do that one. Turn to your neighbor and go, hey, what's your sin? No, 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 don't do that. But you know, like, you know we're like, well, man, they're, they're caught up in this sin, so we get caught up, but man, I don't do that. And God says, man, I died, I died for the world. I, I died for sinners. I died to set people free as we sang about. Man, that, that, that's power. That's victory. And, and here's the deal this morning. Let's say you were in the same sex attraction, homosexuality, all this stuff, and, 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 and you've hid. And Jesus says, bring that out and walk in the light. Because in the light there's freedom. That's the whole reason I do this series is, is there might be somebody that says, I'm struggling, and, and I want you to know this church, I want it to be a safe zone. I want it to be a safe place. I want people to, I've always said this, and people are like, Pastor, are you serious? Man, I've wanted the worst of the worst of Montgomery to show up here, and the best of the best, and educated and uneducated and poor and rich. I wanted every tribe and nation to show up here, that we would be the church, the representation of the living God. And people would come here where they are, broken and messed up, and Christ would redeem and transform lives one at a time. How about that church? That's what this, this church is about. Somebody's like, well, man, I tell you what, man, you're kind of a high horse a day, man. You're like telling us what this is what it is. Well, I'm just getting orders from Jesus. See, healing happens in the light. Write that down. Healing happens in the light of Christ. So when we bring that to him and say, Jesus... I've sinned in this way in my heart or my actions. Have mercy on me. Would you heal me? I believe the healing begins and the spirit, the word of God begins to bear weight. Matt Chandler, the great pastor from Village Church, says sexual orientation can be neither chosen nor changed. And there's all this debate about was I born this way, was I not born this way. Here's, here's, here's what I know. There's so much research on that. But I know me. And I have an innate desire to sin because I have a sin nature, and I know about you, and you have a sin nature. And I believe at the end of the day, we choose to sin or not sin and to follow Christ. Okay, church? Hello? All right, some of you are, some of you are like, man, you can't go to sleep during this message. Like, man, he might say something's going to stick me in the head in a minute. I don't know. And I'm going to come back to this. Here it is. This is the authority. This is ultimate authority, Scripture. I mean, that's my, that's my basis. I'm coming from Scripture. If you're coming from culture, you're probably going, you don't have a clue what you're talking about. Okay. But I'm a follower of Jesus. When I was baptized into Christ, when I committed my life to Jesus Christ, I said, Jesus, would you be the sovereign Lord of my life? Would you lead me? Would you lead me home to the Father safely one day into the arms of him? I will follow you. I pledge allegiance to your kingdom, Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what I've been doing. And I'm inviting you to do the same. If you haven't, or maybe you are, and you're saying, man, that, that's a word that I need today. 
you know, some people say, well, Jesus never condemned homosexual behavior. Well, Jesus forbade all forms of sexual immorality. The Greek word is pornea. Sexting, porn, fornication, homosexuality, bestiality. I could go through all kinds of sins. Jesus was against that and died for that, church. So you're saying, well, man, you're not just picking on one sin. No, I'm just picking on, uh, we're just addressing sin that we can do. Jesus, I want to get your way. You're going, but, but that's not the red letters of Jesus. You know, sometimes people go, I have one of those red letters like Jesus came down and just wrote in red in your Bible. Oh, I believe the whole book. How many of you believe the whole book? The black words too. Yeah. And I want to follow them. And I want God's word to shape your life. Because when God's word shapes your, your life and mine, we begin to look like Jesus. But when I follow the world, if I get my cues from this world, I'm going to look like the world. And here's what I know. The world's messed up. I'm watching a television program and all these mores and values and norms and stuff are being introduced to us and, and, and boom, boom, boom. This is the way it is. Man, that's just sin. That's just decadence. That's just wickedness. That's just wrong. You're like, well, God, I want your word. And then people will say, well, homosexuality doesn't hurt anyone. Well, it does too. It hurts the one that's caught in it. It hurts the ones that's being done too. It hurts the families around it. I mean, we could go all through this about, does my sin affect others? See, I've said for a long time, we have a vertical relationship with Christ. But it's also a horizontal. And our sin affects one another. How many of you believe that your sin affects other people? We live in community. You say, but it's just her. It's just him. Their sin affects all of us. And Jesus says, I want my bride to be spotless. I want it to be pure. I want it to be holy. I want you to follow after me. Don't engage in these behaviors. Um, here's, I will affirm marriage all the days of my life, one man, one woman for a lifetime. I perform weddings for the glory of Christ. And that's what the scripture teaches. And that's what I've built my life and my ministry on is just scripture. That's, I mean, that's the only thing I know is eternal. His word is a shield to those who trust in him. His word is a refuge. His word is strength. His word is my source. His word is my song. His word is my hiding place. So we run there and we say, Lord, I, I want to go to you. And, and then I move on with you. The hope of the gospel, though, the, the great news this morning is if somebody struggles with whatever sin, but we're saying homosexuality, same sex, gay marriage, whatever, there is power in Christ this morning to overcome that struggle. Because I think if we really got down to the core of it, we'd go, it's, it's a struggle. I find that sin is a struggle. How about you? And when you struggle with sin, man, it's just powerful and it comes out. And, and yet Jesus says, now I want you to respond with grace and truth. And, and the good news is that I came to rescue and Jesus came down to redeem so I'm hoping you're going to leave here today going, oh, man, God, man, our preacher, man, he's like, <laughs> like I can just see you at lunch day eating chicken going, what would your preacher preach on today? Homosexuality, mm, mm, yummy. It won't be like, what would your preacher preach on today? Love, peace. I mean, I, I love all those topics. They're all biblical. They're awesome. You're, you know, today you're going, man, I don't know what our preacher, man, he's like, wow. He had this Wheaties this morning, you know? Well, let's, let's go for what Christ has here. But would y'all agree that we've drawn lines 
in and outside the church. And the harshness and the meanness has to stop. And the love of Christ has to prevail with, with grace and truth. So I'm sure this might be the most sought-after message I've preached in a long time. I don't know. People are like, man, did you hear what that boy said at the Ryan Road? Well, I, I did, if you say, is homosexuality sin? I go, yes. Jesus was clear. Turn over to 1 Corinthians with me in your Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, adulterers, nor men who have had sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. When I read this, there's a whole list of sins. I've extrapolated out one that we're focusing on today, but you could just look down in there and go, sexually immoral, mm, idolatry, huh, adultery, huh, uh, homosexuality, thieves, uh, greedy, drunkards. How about this one? Don't even look at me right now. Slanders. Has anybody slandered anybody this week? Do not raise your hand and look at me. The Bible says is if this is your habitual practice, you don't inherit the kingdom. I'm like, Jesus, you're, you're big on sin. But you know what the good news is? Jesus offers up astonishing, stunning mercy and grace for those that will come his way. The Bible says, but you were washed and you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the spirit of the living God. Lord, we want to trust in you. We, we, we want to follow your ways this morning. Just look right here on the, in the box quickly. Three biblical reasons homosexuality is a sin. The first one, the Old Testament declares it. I've been preaching on that this morning. Secondly, the New Testament reaffirms the position on sin. And you can read some of these scriptures. They'll, I think they'll speak to your heart. And there's a lot of others, I, just the ones I put. And the third one is Jesus. Jesus declares that marriage is designed by God. One male, one woman. And the church said, and the church said, amen. amen. You're saying, Pastor, I disagree with you. Man, and you can but I'm going to go with what God's word teaches. And I hope it will just affirm your heart and your love for him that any sexuality, any sexuality, outside the bounds, the box of marriage, sacred marriage, is wrong and sin to the Lord. So the Lord says, I want us to get it right. So, Lord, we want to embrace you. We, we want to run with your ways this morning, with your truth, and we don't want to give approval to those that want to cheer this. See, that's one of my biggest problems. It's not a homosexual, lesbian, or LBGT, or anybody. It's, it's, it, the deal is that we've now we want to celebrate, we want to elevate a position that is clearly unbiblical. So this is not against people. This is against a sin and against a movement. We go, Lord, I want your ways. And Men committing shameless acts with men receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. Romans one twenty seven. Just look at that section. Basically, you get down these sins, and so many of them are about idolatry. We've, we've elevated something else above Jesus. And Jesus, man, he's a jealous, all-consuming God. And he goes, that's not what I have for you. And then the scripture says we weep over our sins. We don't celebrate them. You know, that's the richest moments in my personal walk of faith. It's when I get broken 
and I realize that I have sinned against him and others, and I weep in repentance that he might change me, that's the road to healing. Not that I might say, can I find a group to celebrate with me, to join me, that we might celebrate and elevate our sin above him. That's wrong. Does that help anybody today? That's the position of the, of the gospel. That's the position of the church. And I think if we get that, man, we're, we're getting into what Jesus has. And, and, and I read this one. It's going to come up on the screen. Uh, I think Psalm, uh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, maybe it's not. Maybe I got out of order. Here. Anyway, it's Psalm 119, 136. Listen to this. My eyes shed streams of tears because people do not keep your law. And the psalmist just says, God, I love your word. And when I and others don't obey you precepts and they don't follow you, I'm broken. And I cry. When you read Nehemiah, I'm just wondering if Nehemiah was over there crying at the walls in destruction of Jerusalem before they were rebuilt. The Bible says he did. And you can just trace through Scripture where sin breaks people. The good news is mercy can come. Now, I want to share this with you because this is, this is so good. There, there's help here for this sin like there is any sin. And I want to be real practical. So number one, be born again. Just let the Holy Spirit make you a new creation. You're saying, well, this is the position. This is what, how I, I have a, a desire. I'm attracted. Oh, no, no. I'm just saying, man, let, be born again. Let, let Christ invade your heart. Jesus was talking to Nick one night and said, Nick, you must be born again, so be born again. Secondly, be a disciple. Hold to the teachings of Jesus Christ. Adhere, believe, confirm, submit to, love his word, and say, Lord, I want to be a disciple. See, that's the, I'm, I'm a disciple maker as a pastor. It's a great job, man, to do that. And so, Lord, we want to be born again. We want to be a disciple. And third, live to be holy. Jesus is clear in 1 Peter, without holiness, no one would see the Lord. So, Lord, help us to be who you've called us to be. You've called us to be a holy people. And then right under that, it's going to come up. It's the Barnabas group. Put it on the screen. This is a local. Is it coming up? No? Well, I'll tell you about it. There should be a screen. There's a local support group that I know about that I've researched. And it's, it, it's called the Barnabas Group. It meets at Landmark Church of Christ. It meets on Tuesday nights at 6.30 in their Life Center. And it is a support group for people that struggle with this sin that we're talking about today, that they might find comfort and instruction and life in the Savior and help and support. And it's right here in our city. Matter of fact, their, their pastor's a good friend of mine. We exercise together. We've done the marriage conference the last few years, Buddy Bell. But, oh, it's called the Barnabas Group. You, if you have a friend or a family member, you might say, you know, there is some really, there's this group that you might, like, if, if your mom or dad had Alzheimer's, if you had, uh, if you had cancer, if you had something you were going through, you had grief was just overwhelming you, you'd go, suck it up. You would not say that. You'd go, man, there's a support group, and you could get help from other Christians. you go, I'm going there. Well, this one just happens to be a support group for this. And I thought, man, I need to put that on there. So I hope that will encourage you right here in our community. And then I'm going to wrap it up with this right here, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. 
It says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. And then it goes on to say, and let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence that that then we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. See, first he started, let us hold firmly to faith. Lord, this is what I believe and this is what I feel. But Lord, I want my belief. I want to trust. I want to embrace you. And I want to overcome and then he says, and resist, resist your sin. It's not a temptation to, to just, you know, to be tempted. It's the sin when we succumb to it and we just surrender and we go, okay, you've got me. And here he says, and when we fight through and then we receive mercy, and man, that's a great place to be. Just receiving the mercy of Christ. Here, here's what I've tried to say today. Sexual purity is demanded by the Heavenly Father. So whatever sexual sin you could be caught up in, repent. We do men's retreats, and men will come and go, pornography has my home. Repent. Today's age, sexting, I don't understand that. Repent. Fornication, adultery, repent. Homosexuality, repent. Just go home. You you remember Derek a few weeks ago when I was out, he preached about a prodigal father? Man, the father's on the front porch going, are they coming home? And man, he throws his arms around us when they come. Some of you have had kids that that have left the faith, and and you've told me, we're praying for them, and you can't wait to welcome them back into the fold. Well, the father so much more welcomes us. So if you struggle today, I just want to tell you, I'm going to be in the back of the room or if you want to call me this week, I love you. And I'll try to help you get the best help I can. Because if you came to me and you said, Pastor, I'm an alcoholic, and it's ravaged my life, I'd get you help. And if you were sick, Aaron's about to become a medical doctor, he'd go, man, I'm hurting, and I need help. Aaron would look at you and go, I ain't studied that yet. No, he'd get you help. Because he cares. Well, I'm your pastor, and you're struggling with a spiritual issue, and I'm not going to go, call somebody that cares. Man, we're going to stop what we're doing. We're going to interrupt the day, and we're going to see if we can get you to Jesus. Amen? So I pray that today you're just going, man, this message wasn't a message of condemnation. It was a message of hope. See, today, I didn't want to give anybody a stone to throw. I wanted to offer some grace and some direction and some help. So we can run after Christ. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I hear it. You be the center. Would you come and be the center of our lives today? And Lord, if there's any of this that I've talked about, this resonator, there's something the Holy Spirit has pinpointed, help us to quickly repent and turn to you. 
Lord, we need you to be the center of our being. We need to worship you as the true God above culture, above this world. God, we have sinned. Have mercy on America. Have mercy on the church of the living Christ. God, have mercy on me. Help me to love you, Jesus. Jesus, be the sinner. Be the Lord of all. Come today. Now I want you all to do something right now. I want you to stand up. And I want us to sing this song back to the Lord with Chris. But there could be something greater than just worshiping. This altar's open. Feel free just to come forward. Maybe you're praying for people in your family or your friends, or maybe you're here today and you want prayer. I'm in the back. Let's just say, God, come. Do what you want to do. Glorify your name through Jesus.